0: All right, we're back again for another episode of Top Hill Recording, here again with Neil. Hello. What's up, Neil? How are you? Hey, buddy. Tonight we have Toy Lee with us. We've talked about Toy in, uh, in quite a few of the uh, <laughs> other episodes, all, uh, all three of the other episodes, I yeah. think.
1: Hello, how are you guys doing today?
0: <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining us, man. First of all, man, how about, uh, how about our new logo? Dude, I told you. Terrence Bruner, trust the man. So did Terrence
2: come up with that just from listening to the podcast? Yeah. I, had, I gave, Here's the thing with, with Coach T, man. I give him no concepts. Do you Do you ever mess with him with the, any of the wrestling uh, stuff or anything? No, he might because not because I haven't around. ordered
1: shirts or anything. I was going so I to say,
2: it had been a long time since you've been messing with that stuff. Yeah. So, so he had listened to the previous couple podcasts, at least the first one. He came up with that. I mean, even the concept from the bourbon bottle on the bottom of the mic stand which is super cool cuz you know obviously once again drinking bourbon tonight which we'll talk about in a second um but even the the I don't know if you noticed but the window in the in the hilltop well
0: that could be a photograph of the side of my house yeah that, that's it uh, really I mean could. that's that's what that window looks like up there so that, yeah that was cool that that's was, crazy. It, was, it was really cool what he came up with so I didn't know if you had uh Fed him some ideas or he just is a, nah. a creative person. that. But that was pretty cool. And what we will do, just created about two hours ago a Top Hill Recording Instagram at Ooh. Top Hill Recording. All right. We'll put that logo on there so everybody can check it out. It's also on the... Uh, on the podcast feed, and heard back from Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Still haven't heard from iTunes. Uh, we're on on quite a few different uh, platforms now. So hey mean this is
2: this is breaking news to me. <laughs> I guess that means
1: I'm gonna have to learn to, how to use another app other than Facebook now.
2: <laughs> no, we'll put it on there, man. Just hit the okay. button. We'll send you there. That's what I <laughs> want.
1: All right, oh, that's so pretty cool. so cheers, guys. Cheers, man. So
0: tonight we're gonna be sipping on Knob Creek 100. I brought out the. Knob Creek one hundred small batch because uh Neil, I know you're a you're an eighty proof guy. You like uh you like a little <laughs> smooth sipper. I usually go with the Knob Creek one twenty single barrel, but I, meeting you halfway, you know, we I appreciate Knob Creek one
2: hundred. Trying to kill it. It's uh
0: it's good. Knob, Knob Creek <laughs> is... uh, small batch Jim beam product. Man, so, it's
2: excellent too. It's really, really good.
0: Knob Creek used to have an age age on it, nine years. It'd say age to nine years, but you don't see too many uh too many years on bourbons anymore. They they took well took them off the label.
1: I'm not a connoisseur of bourbon. Uh, my favorite bourbon is the the free bourbon, and uh, <laughs> that's what I'll be drinking tonight. So thank you guys
0: for that. So, Toy, you know what uh, <laughs> bourbon I think of when I think of Toy Uh Uh-oh. Big house,
1: big house. I can't find it anymore. <laughs> I looked at a couple places, but I can't find it. Not even sure if it's a true bourbon or not.
0: <laughs> <Is it? laughs> so, so I guess it's a Kentucky bourbon. I hope so. We'll have like to but look that know. up. Big well, house, I big remember. House. He, it's got a donkey or something on the label,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm, I remember it was like uh, $19 a fifth. That's what I remember. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'd sit right next to a Woodford Reserve, a bottle of Woodford Reserves.
2: That's what happens, man. You find uh, a decent, cheap bottle of bourbon, yeah. then it disappears, and then it comes back, and it's like $70. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting you for. You know what else has done that? I mean, this is going way away from bourbon. You remember Champion, the clothing brand? Yes. Oh, yeah. That stuff is ridiculous now, man. My kids asked for it for Christmas, like, champion? So you like, used shirt. to go to Walmart. I
1: just Walmart. thought you would skip down to Walmart. Yeah. You stuff, right? Oh, no, my
2: yeah. God.
0: I could not believe it. Yeah, you go down to Walmart and get you a $7 champion sweatshirt, <laughs> and now you have to go to Urban Outfitters and pay 60 bucks.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Same sweatshirt.
1: Same shirt. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's almost worth doing is going down to Walmart, buying a bunch of clothes, and just waiting 10 or 15 years until they come back in style. <laughs>
2: That's pretty much when I get off my clothes anyway. About yeah, 15 much, years yeah. after they're out of style, yeah. I'll go find them. I'm still
1: waiting for Wranglers to start <laughs>
2: I mean, I've got my <laughs> Z coverage <laughs> kind of and IOU uh, still stuck in the closet somewhere yeah, waiting to be worn. Well, the Husky, the ones
1: that said Husky on it, the Husky I remember the Husky brand. The Husky brand. <laughs> all
0: right. So, Toy, what we usually start with on this podcast, I'm saying like we've done thousands of these, but I think this is uh, this is episode number four. And we haven't even published three yet. So, you uh, you got to hear three before before our
1: before you public guys listeners. Do it yeah. it great.
0: It's I, don't it's even a even great think, I don't even think Neil's heard it yet. Not but, all
2: of it. Most of it, not all of it. But hey, I got, I got. speaking of Husky, it reminds me of a time back in our youth oh, when well. uh, we were both rather Husky. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that I remember, I, can, I was telling Brad about can't this. Can't confirm man. that. Uh, <laughs> can't confirm. Do you remember, and I think it was where Fairdale Pizza currently is now, the old piano recitals that, that used to be held yeah. it in that building? So I
1: listened to you guys' podcast today. And a couple other ones earlier in the week, and yeah, I do. I remember those. Oh my I'm gosh. gonna tell you how I remember those, cause uh, I had to do them. I didn't have any choice. You it had no it, choice. It didn't have anything to do with like a love for music or anything. It was just like, you know, pops was like, "You're you're gonna take piano lessons." I was like, "Great." So I have one more reason to get beat up in middle school other than my big afro. So
2: and he said, "Well, fortunately, you know how to handle yourself because I made you do karate too." <laughs> So, you know
0: what are your earliest memories of music when did you first realize that music was going to be an important part of your life
1: well first of all thank you guys for having me up here uh, really my my first memories of music weren't they weren't great <laughs> they weren't it was like uh, it was something that uh, you were kind of expected to do around the house because my father's side of the family they're they're pretty musical Mom's side not so much but uh, <laughs> You know, and and I can remember my, you know, my uncles and cousins, uncles and aunts and cousins coming over and all the time that they, they were there, they would always be singing. They, you know, of course, several of them played many instruments, you mm-hmm. know, three or four instruments. So uh, it wasn't common to have family over and we start singing. But basically, father told me one day, uh, you're going to start learning how to play piano. And I said, okay. So, and uh, as I got older, I was like, man, can't drag a piano around everywhere. Oh, so, it sucks. And I know it sounds weird, but I made a transition from the ukulele to the guitar.
2: I, I could see that. I could see the, the no love for the piano, because I, I did the same. At I, first, at first. Yeah, well, I never found it. I was never good at it, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is not. I, I'm sure that it was all one piano teacher in Fairdale that probably held the recital for... Pretty much, So. Yeah. She yeah, cor- she
1: cornered the market in Fairdale she... for, for piano
2: lessons <laughs> for right, about for sure. sixty years. I yeah, think. it was a while. <laughs> yeah, so I remember I remember all that. But uh, who is that person? I have who's
1: uh, Ramona Garcia? Was
2: her name? Ramona Garcia. Yeah.
1: Uh, her her son was friends with my brother, and they played football together and stuff. So yeah, it was Ramona Garcia. She was pretty much the piano teacher here in Fairdale.
2: I don't remember you ever playing uke. I kind of ha- I kind of hid that. <laughs> Did you?
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean, you can't just take that to a you know a little campfire. And just I mean, I mean, you can now. Now you can. Yeah, yeah. Hey, when you're an adolescent, you're growing up. You're trying to be cool. <laughs> the ukulele isn't the coolest thing in the world. To play. It's like why are you playing the violin like right, that, right? Right.
0: <laughs> and, and now, see how things change. Every teenage girl on YouTube's
1: playing a cover yeah, of no a
2: ukulele. <clears throat> Jalen Johnston. I, mean, I remember you <laughs> used,
1: used to be able to get a ukulele, literally a song, and they would just people would give you a ukulele next to nothing. Now they're like couple hundred dollars. You, and can, I was,
2: you can pay some bucks. Real quick, real quick. Real so. quick. So how old were you when you started playing guitar? It just seems like to me, you've always played guitar. It was it was sometime
1: in middle school, but the transition Kent went from the uke to what's called the baritone uke, which is the bottom four strings on a guitar. Mm-hmm. So when I transitioned to the guitar, it was just a matter of learning the top two strings.
2: Which is probably the most taught. Once you know the top two, you know everything. You already mastered the bottom four, had a uh, right. good re- recognition of the bottom four. You were w- way ahead of the game, really.
1: But um, I tell you, man, our, I grew up in church, basically, playing and singing. And our church was a hot spot for good musicians and um, recording artists. They'd recorded. And a few people, that was their living. They'd, they'd go out and cruise around, you know, southeastern region and church to church to church. And then they would live basically live on, um, you know, offering plate so hey this is what we do you know if you can't help us out and I mean and did well did well enough to provide for themselves and their family so
0: you talked about the family getting together and your dad's side a lot of musicians so what what was
1: uh what was that like I mean what are your memories of those Oh, um, so <clears throat> one of them you know one brother or sister would just start playing the piano and everybody would start singing and uh you know that, that was it I mean they do it for hours and like, in our custom, sometimes when, the, when the, a chief passes away, they sing, like, throughout the whole night from, like, 24 hours to 7. Or they have rotating choirs that come in and sing the whole time. So it's not uncommon in their culture, in our culture, to just sit down and piano and somebody starts playing, five, six, ten people start singing. So, and then there you go.
0: So do all Samoan men have that beautiful voice?
1: Yes, you must be talking about my father's. Yes, yes, yes. yes. yeah. If, not, if you remember talking to my father at all, he he, he wasn't a baritone either. So. What are you talking about? Tony? Yeah, they were mostly tenors. <laughs> <laughs> bigger, very very large tenor, tenors. Vigo, very large tenor man. <laughs> golly.
2: <laughs>
1: now, did he play guitar? He, I mean, just a little bit, but he was he was actually really good on a ukulele. Really? Yeah, and I. He had hot dog looking fingers, you know, big block stuff. Of I didn't, I couldn't understand. Like it was baffling to see him play a, a ukulele. Oh it my god, dude! It had big sausage digits. Uh, <laughs> he so. had
2: to just
0: swallow that thing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! So you start playing the guitar in middle school, Probably around middle school. Was sometime. that was that in church? Uh, yeah. Okay. And
1: then, uh, ah, uh, that was just kind of to jam a jam around a little bit, and then, um. As an eighth grader, Pop met one of the students over Ferndale High School. We ended up going into the uh, the talent show that year. That would have been my eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade year. And uh, I mean, that that's when they actually had a competition at Fairdale High School. We didn't win, but man, it was fun. I was like, hmm, I might be able to have people cheering for you and screaming for you if you learn how to play this guitar long enough. So that's pretty much what happened. So but,
0: that's where the bug bitch was eighth grade, huh? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. It really, it really did because I really I, I dreaded every music class. But so, what song did you do? Um, oh man, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. You remember Nelson?
2: After the rain?
1: Yes. No, it wasn't after the rain. <laughs> Which one? There she
2: goes. Uh,
1: yep. There she goes. Yeah.
2: Yep, they were. That uh, might
1: be the name of the title. That's the first line. That's the line of the course. So oh, there my. she goes, just like an angel. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. we have to figure One out that.
1: will be like yesterday.
2: And that was it. So that
1: was it. You didn't have it. the hair, though, it was, that long uh, blonde hair. I know.
2: That, who are they? Rick Nelson's kid or something like that? They're, they're twins. So. Yeah, yes, something twins. like that. Yep. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, me and
1: another guy, and I, I just capoed up and played in G just like everybody else does. So. <laughs>
2: so, was that the first time being on stage no. outside of the church, or had you really played on the stage at church? No,
1: at yeah, I'd played on the stage a bunch um, uh, in church, but that, that was probably the first time.
2: Yep. Was that the first time you really felt like this is me doing something that I really like to do and I want to do in front of people? And you got the reaction that you got because you were finally free enough to play something you loved to play.
1: Yeah, there's a good chance. And if we'd have flopped or got booed, I probably <laughs> we might not be sitting here having this conversation. It might be about something else like letter <laughs> So,
0: so you yeah. you didn't you started on the piano? Didn't like the rehearsals or the recitals?
1: Oh. Yeah, I didn't like any really any of it. Especially, okay. I mean, anytime. <laughs> I mean, you're, at that age, I didn't, I didn't really like
2: it at all. And and when you're when you're told you're going to do something, it doesn't matter what it is. Especially at that age, I got two boys that if I tell them they're going to do anything, are you kidding me? Anytime you're told here's what you're going to do, it's just how ain't you doing that? Yeah. And to be forced to you. And one thing I do know about pop, you're not going to tell them you're not going to do something. <laughs> so if you're told you're going to yeah. play piano, you playing piano.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, the word "why" didn't exist in our household. So like,
2: no. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm playing. Piano. Okay, no problem. <laughs> it, 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 it might have, but not from you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know what? I'm gl- I'm glad that. I mean, you know, so much of learning and expanding who you are is getting out of your comfort zone, and I think he knew that. You know, that oh, yeah. was that was something that he he always tried to talk about. Try new things, and do, and then if you don't like them, that's that's one thing. But you learn how to do something, and you don't really miss it till you step back away from it, and mm-hmm. you go, man, that's. Kind of part of who I am now. So,
2: when well, how so, how old were you when you started playing? Eight something like that. Seven. And, yeah, you know?
1: something like the eight or nine. So
2: think about nine. think about the training that gave your ear.
1: Well, it did, and and just the base of like uh, music theory. You know? Yeah, we to read music and and, huh. and and truthfully, when I got to college, I wasn't a great music reader at all. I'm still am not, but it built a real good foundation to learn and have some of those classes that.
2: And it always feels like to me. When you're at that age and you can soak stuff in, you'll never forget it. To where I can't learn anything now. I'm I'm maxed out. My, my, My hard drive is full. It takes a long time for me to... I can't learn a new so- a cover song to save my life. It takes me about six months to learn every lyric. So I don't blame that on age. I blame that on that four years at
1: UK when we used to hang around together. That's that's how, that's about where my plateau
2: started. Yeah, well, you were you were yeah, at least you were of, making some grades and doing some stuff.
0: All right, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah we'll get to you okay, but oh, so Lord. you you uh, you had an eighth grade talent show how did that how did that go through high school?
1: It's kind of interesting growing up as an adolescent before I you know had high school started played some sports and, and uh, wrestled for local high school teams. so I was kind of a chubby kid you know we were talking about it earlier. Music kind of changes when you're like, oh man, there was a girl who said hi, I never would have talked to her without saying it so I'm like okay, I'm not that charismatic and I'm kind of a Heavy set Husky Kid, I think I need to get more into this music thing.
2: <laughs> and I did. Yeah, it worked. It, especially with a guitar, like you said, you can't carry a piano. That puts a barrier in between yes. you and the world. So you have a little bit of a, a, yeah. a crutch yeah, you do. on you. So you can yeah. learn that, kind of look at that, and let the girls look at you a little bit when you're at that age and, and don't have to worry about all that stuff. Yeah, then. yeah. Let will come to you, man. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so what, did, what did getting into music look like during
0: those four years? You, you're, in a, you're in sports, you say. So Yeah,
1: so I always sang with the, the high school choir. And um, as time went on, kind of started getting classically trained. Um, the uh, course teacher at Fairdale High School at the time was Bill McCoy. And, uh, man, there was a lot, learned a lot vocally from him. He kind of ended up, you know, giving a lot of people a nudge, and there were several students that came out of that choir. There were athletes that ended up going to school for music, you know, and it wasn't just UK. It was EKU and UofL and you name it. I mean, if there was a music school in Kentucky, most of those, a lot of those students went there. Um, was this a, did,
0: Was this when you started realizing or, or you or, or other people started realizing that you were a little better vocalist than most people?
1: Um, yeah. Pop, Pop had some really cool ways of keeping me grounded, though, he, and it it wasn't overbearing. But like he was smacking the head. Yeah, that was one of them. That's what, that was one way. It was one way. It
2: worked pretty cool. It
1: worked pretty good too. Hey, boy. Yeah. yeah.
2: I can still see his hand, dude. I can still see his hand.
1: Wow. Uh, but you know, he's uh, compliments came far and few between from him. That's not to say that you know I was that was something that was missing out of my life. Is it was just one of those things where if you know you got a compliment from him, you earned it, and. uh so compliments were far and few between and he really didn't give you a compliment till you set your level a little bit higher. You know, you could do one thing one day and get, you know, praise for it and then the next day, it better be better than that in order to be able to get the same compliment. So back to your original question. What was your original question? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I, I think I think I'm correct in saying this, but you you went to UK on a vocal scholarship. Correct? I did. Yeah. Okay, that, so. that
1: senior year, we we kind of ran the gambit. It seemed like we were going every weekend auditioning um, and auditioned at, um, I mean, most of the, the big schools in Kentucky, EKU, UK, Uvell. And really, I didn't start singing classical music solo until really almost the end of my junior year. So, whereas now they're, they're training students, you know, middle school starting. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of made that. Transition to classical music and start figuring out how to manipulate my voice to where it didn't sound poppy. I could sound more classical. And some of that was kind of regimenting yourself and staying away from the pop, but that uh, uh, in order to be able to, to have a true classical voice. But it was probably my junior and senior year I started transitioning to, to classical music.
2: So, did you have to get away from like the radio? So, I can't listen. I'll, I'll start.
1: I could listen to it, but, like, when whenever I sang, though, it was really deliberate to get away from that pop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in the U.K., it's, you know, you know they give you scholarships like, like athletes over there. Mm-hmm. So you're expected to train classically. And, you know, there's a couple times just riffing on the piano. I'd sing out a little pop song here and there. Oh, man, my teacher would hear about it before I ever came back to the next lesson that week. So, you know, uh
0: so did that type of, of pressure, or, or maybe not pressure, but intensity, did that take
1: any of the joy out of it? Yeah, and and, and I ended up going through a dry spell. I, sometimes you figure out what you want to do by not knowing what you want, by knowing what you don't want to do. Mm. And uh, so you know, I had some supporting cast um, roles and choir roles through UK, and then senior year, yeah, but um, I hit one. I, I hit a major role. It was a lead character in an operetta called. Pirates, Pirates of Penzance. That's right. <laughs> Pirates of Penzance. So um, they had double cast every role. So, and it was either nine or 11. I think it was 11 showings. So I was going to get half of them and then the other role was going to get half of them. After opening night, he sang uh, one time and got sick. Really bad with the flu. I mean, he was legit sick. Voice was shot. Uh, so I ended up carrying the remainder of those performances and that. I remember being really tired because it's you know it's it's pretty intense to sing an opera, let alone uh, nine of them in a row <laughs> with it, maybe a one-day break. Yeah, you and know, so. I
2: remember going to see it, and it's it's so physical. It's not like standing there with a the guitar, playing piano, and singing. It is a different thing. You are doing an operatic performance. It's crazy. It was it was.
1: It was awesome.
2: I, I still, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. No microphones in in opera? Is that right? Uh, they got
1: they, they have overheads mi- they or something. Have, no, they yeah they have um, um, floor mics. Yeah. And they have, they but have you a still real have to range. sing
0: pretty hard. Yeah, oh. you have to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You have to be able to project. Yeah, it's, dude, Yeah. And it's you a, always like it's that's an one opera. Of the, that's one of the things that you learn how to master. Is like you might be turning one way, but you still kind of project your voice to the front so you kind of have to cheat looking over that way and all those little things are going on at the same time you know while you're just trying to sing so the music and the lines if it's an operetta you might have some speaking lines uh they all have to be like memorized down to the t to where everything else that you're focused on doesn't interfere with that
0: how many how many years ahead of neil were you at ufk
2: You were a a senior, I think, right? Because you uh, my first year down, I think, was the year you did Pirates, or was it the second? I think it was the second year. Second year?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So while you were at UK, were you playing any pop music, any cover
1: music? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was like my dirty little secret. (laughs) Like don't tell don't tell the vocal teacher. But the good thing was was like V from from Voodoo Symphony. We were kind of in it together because he was a musical major. He was a music major at the time, also vocal performance major,
2: along with myself. And yeah, V was the drummer that I was talking about with Voodoo. That's just unbelievable. I mean, but that's if you think his drumming's good? I forgot to yeah, talk he's, about his he's singing. A solid it's
1: vocalist, very, very
2: solid. solid. Yeah. So I must have been coming down your sophomore year, going into your junior year, to start playing like. Two keys and A one A. That was when I met Sean. Man, I think you guys were you living with Sean in that uh, little apartment? N- not really. I mean, I was over a whole bunch because his apartment was right
1: next to campus. So yeah, that's what it was. I go over there and chill out, you know, in between classes, and you know, a real quick walk instead of driving back and forth to the house. So I was living with V at the time.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, down I was living in Griffin Gate. Griffin Gate. Mm-hmm. So
1: you were you were rooming with V. Was he with Voodoo Symphony then? No. As a matter of fact. This is before Neil came there, we had a little doo-wop group. It's like a uh, did a lot of boys to men stuff and shy a lot of four part you know. I could uh, see har- that. Yeah, was I
2: James think. with you? Did oh yeah, definitely. Like
1: oh, uh, James acapella acapella with his it?
0: brother. Oh yeah, I'm talking cappella?
1: Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. In the steel
1: <laughs> and it, and we were all we were most of us were either music majors or we all sang in their upper level choirs. So even though James wasn't a music major, very good talent by the oh, way. Yeah, he, uh, he was. Still as active, you know, singing as we were pretty yeah. much. So, do you have any recordings of that? Uh, I think I do, and I think I have it on audio tape, so oh. I have to dig one of those out. Oh.
0: You need to try to get that yeah. to me so we can put a little clip of that in here. That would be okay. amazing. It might yeah, yeah, that be...
1: accidentally disappear. I'm going to screen that was... before I send it up
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> he meant, no, he does not have any <laughs> recordings of oh, that. Wait a
1: minute. Now that I think about it, no, all those have gone in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, we did a couple covers as recordings, and they weren't bad. They weren't horrible. So,
2: no, when you got yeah. some guys that can sing, yeah, and do stuff really like
1: could. that.
0: So you had, uh, you also had an opportunity to actually record with Boys to Men on what Millennium?
1: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet
0: Boys. Yeah, Backstreet Boys. Okay, so, Backstreet <clears throat> Boys.
1: There's a. I kind of have a running joke. Sometimes I'll randomly yell, "Man, uh, uh, Santana!" And and here's what happened with that. Buddy, mine, Sean went to school with a couple of the guys from uh, with the Backstreet Boys, and they requested that their high school choir would help back them up on one of the songs. One of the songs Brian uh, wrote for his mom. So anyway, um, the choral teacher had some some practices that he had set up, but was having a hard time getting there. So they just asked me to step in. So I would actually lead the choir a couple times on practice before we got there. So. When they came in there, they came to the uh u k theater, and when they came, they brought their recording studio on the back of an eighteen eighteen wheeler oh. yeah <laughs> so they just backed up to the loading dock, and then people just poured out of there bringing mics and cords and everything to get it into where we were in order to be able to record the choir
2: that's awesome was, I
1: mean, it was probably you know they I mean, tracks upon tracks. The, the, their, their board was as long as this table, six foot. It hit a button, all the levels would change. And it was pretty slick. That's... But uh, I, the Santana thing, I have... Uh, so that that album was up for album of the year. So I was like, well, I've always wanted to be on a Grammy album. <laughs> <laughs> but that year, that was the same year that Santana came out. And killed of course, it. Oh, he killed it. He killed it. He killed it. And he had never won a Grammy before, so oh. you know he was going. So he ended up winning Album of the Year.
2: Santana. 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 He got you. Santana. He got me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he plays guitar better than I do. So I really don't like that guy. No. Yeah. He, uh,
2: <laughs> no. He's amazing. He's amazing. I, I have one of his guitars. That's how good he is. I have That's a guitar really, with his name Santana. on it. I thought Santana. I would have seen
1: it. I when they it. it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what what were you doing while you're at UK? You're a music major and playing out on weekends during the night, or what are you doing when you're going out playing?
1: No, that was that was my job. I mean, I mean it was either studying or or practicing. I mean they kept your they kept your days pretty full with practicing, whether it be choir practice. I was also part of a group called the Acoustic Cats, mm-hmm. and uh, recently they were on a TV show where they had a lot of cappella groups. Mm-hmm. And they were they were on there. Uh, so between <coughs> choir and rehearsal, and you know, individual lessons, piano lessons, so on and so forth, you really didn't have a whole bunch of time to do much of anything else. So
0: okay, so I thought you said you were playing out some though, or or not? Was that
1: no? I don't remember. I mean, we didn't start playing out. I didn't. I don't, it wasn't until after I stepped out from UK when I think we started playing. I I, we no,
2: well, the, when we were playing at A1A, and and uh, I was getting ready to go into college, I was. Seventeen, eight maybe eighteen. So it was sometime in there, and it was during the summer. I don't know how much we played during the school year. We uh, went oh, going, go in, going go into yeah. that summer. Yes, going yes, yes, into yes. it, we played. That's right. Constantly. I mean, we really they, played a lot of games Back then, they
1: probably wouldn't do it now. But back then, they used to let you in if you were underage, if you were with the band.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, otherwise, you just don't say anything. Either. Yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, they'll let you in. Right, right. You can always get in. You just got to mind your P's and Q's. Like, Ron, uh, yeah. you got to sit your butt on stage. Right. Yeah, so so we, had my, we had my dad here a
0: couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about, he was he played with, uh, started playing in a band out of bars at 13 or 14 years ah, that old. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So he would have to just sit on the stage. Probably right. have a
1: drink at 13, 14. old <laughs> <like that. laughs> <laughs> So Then drive home. Different times, oh, different yeah. times,
2: different We'd times. Drive home with no seatbelt.
1: Yeah, I'm going to add that that was how, long was, how long has that been now? 20, 25 years. Yeah, hard twenty five years. Wow,
2: pretty close to that. So, That's how old we are, man. Yeah, I know. it's crazy. So <laughs> it seems like yesterday. So it really I
1: does. had
0: I had no idea, and I think uh, so. I'm, I made this connection tonight. So V was a vocal major, your roommate. Yep, and the drummer for Voodoo Symphony that N- Neil was in that band.
2: Yep, small yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, honestly, he probably knew me from us playing out.
1: Yeah, you're probably right.
2: There's no other way that he would have known to watch me play, other than he, he might have been out and seen us or something. So I just remember the second year, and maybe it was through Sean. Maybe Sean uh, was the uh, connection maybe. through that. Yeah, that, that that's probably was. That because yeah. they would uh, when we were at two fifteen A University, the second house, the second year that we were down there. Which you may have been gone then. Because my sophomore, hold on, let me air quote sophomore year. Okay. My second year in Lexington. <laughs> year in Lexington. Okay. My second year in Lexington. Both my, accurate. Both accurate. Starting are, over again. Yeah, the second one's more accurate. First semester. We just erased the previous year. And, uh, I remember uh, sitting out front playing acoustic with those guys. Yep. yep. So Sounds about right. That may have been the connection that I made with them, but I had already known. Sean through you, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that through V, I knew that you and V had yeah. So the, yeah, it's a small world, but it really I think that was all connected through Sean because Sean, who was one of the guys that that we were talking about that you would go over and hang out at the apartment because right. it was close, and he was just a g- great dude. Um, ended up being a roommate with me my freshman year. Yes, halfway through my first mm-hmm. semester, he came S- along in the house of the of party.
1: <laughs> so we met him through choir. The reason why yeah. we met him was through UK choir. Okay, and over there. So
0: okay, yeah. so I'm trying. I'm trying to put all this together. So when exactly was the first time that you guys played music together? Was it
2: at UK? You and I? Yeah, toy oh, and Neil. Oh no, we had played around bonfires. I'm sure at the lake. Oh yeah, definitely for years. Yes, but it wasn't. But here's the thing: <clears throat> when. And you grow up in a small little community like this, and, and Toy, whose mother was my fifth grade teacher, and we run in this small circle, and we had, we literally are neighbors at the lake, and we both go to the same piano person. And, you know, it's it's a very, very tight, small circle. So we knew each other our whole lives, but he's known me my whole life. I've never not known you.
1: Yeah, not ever.
2: No memory of it. So, but I also remember... Being in awe of Toy, because I still remember in fifth grade, and I just thought about this during this conversation, uh, he would come play guitar for uh, his mom's class. So I remember you coming in and playing probably more than words uh, yeah. On, yeah, on a guitar. Right, yeah. uh, Mr. Mueller's class and her class had a big dividing wall. They pulled the wall open. And he sang for all of us.
0: So so you hadn't been, if, if that was when Neil was in fifth grade, you hadn't been playing the guitar that long when you were doing that. No. Maybe a yeah. two years, a year, year or two? two. Yeah. So that was probably, you folks probably saying, hey, I got an opportunity for you to stretch yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was just a, well, and you know what, I'm, and I don't care how good you are, there's always going to be a little bit of performance anxiety. Oh, yeah. And depending on whichever crowd that you like, you know, that you have the hardest time performing to. And really, I think it's harder to performing from like, you know, 30 students and it is, 30, 60 students, and it would be like 30, 60,000
2: people. Way more personal. Way more personal. Way more
1: personal. And kids mm-hmm. are very honest about their opinions. <laughs> they will tell you if <laughs> you suck. They will let you know. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't that like, doesn't that like that song. not sound like that song. Where's the other guy that's supposed yeah. to be playing guitar with
2: you? No, just see. Anyway. Uh, that didn't happen for me. I mean, I already. Had known him So it was real Yeah
1: You think like getting Heckled in a bar Is bad Yeah you get heckled By a fifth grade class One time <laughs> Tell you what you grow up Real
2: quick <laughs> Or <grow up. laughs> make you Never come back <laughs> <laughs> Which one way They would were... Screw you kids Man <laughs> I'm out of here <laughs> yeah. Bye mom <laughs> no, I, I was a big seventh grader,
1: man, so I felt really cool there, you know, middle school, veteran. Yeah,
2: well, it was cool. <laughs> so you just remembered that, huh? That's cool. Well, I just remember. I, I'm, I'm sure I thought about it, but I was just thinking about it. I didn't think about you it. You know last
1: what? Time now that you bring it. that, I haven't thought about that memory in forever. Mom used to take that chair. I would do it every now and then and take one of those desks. You remember the desk that had the—and mm-hmm. and I would sit on top of the desk. because the only time we realized allowed put feet in the chair. chair. Yep. Because most of the guitars I didn't have a a strap on it mm-hmm. until you know later on down the road. So,
0: huh. straps are a luxury.
1: Yes. yes, they were definitely a luxury.
2: Well, that's why <laughs> Willie Nelson still wears his how he does because they, they didn't have many options with straps yeah. back in the day. Let's get into Voodoo Symphony, Symphony a little bit. Uh, so, was
0: V playing with Voodoo Symphony? I think you said that was after you guys, after yeah,
1: you had left
2: thought, UK, or was that during?
1: No, nah, I think I was on I was just left, or it was like right on the very end of me leaving UK. Yeah.
2: It had to have been on the end of it. I was thinking about this, because my timeline is is very suspect. Now Mine's that, just blurry. That's it, A little blurry. It's it all, st- all kind of <laughs> like a mesh, because I was yeah. thinking, I was like, man, who knows? But it's, it's all in that jumble. But I think that that was kind of the tail end of you being down there.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it might
2: have been... I don't know when they actually started and how long they were together before I actually came in. I don't know if they were together a year, five or six months, but if it was a small amount of time, five or six months, it was definitely after you left because it was almost probably December, November before I joined them. You know, music changed a
1: little bit, too, from the time I got to college to the time I left. Yes. It changed quite a bit because, you you know, you went from the the harmony groups and R&B was the big thing, Mm -hmm. mid-'90s, and then... By the late 90s, it was, I don't know, what Dave call it Dave Matthews Band yes, Pro Jam, It like college, college bar bands. What bar bands.
2: Yeah. Um, Better Than Ezra and stuff yes, like that. that. stuff, yeah. Tonic. I mean, stuff that was a... Co- which, which we yeah. did a lot of playing that type of stuff. Yeah. We, which was why people really liked us. We actually played stuff that was of the time. Yeah. Well, and and jam, was,
1: bands. Jam, jam
0: bands. Yeah, jam bands. And you big. had
2: alternative music. Yes. yes.
1: Altern, was our alternative kind of on its way out already by the late 90s? Uh?
2: No, 90... Uh, At least where yeah, we were, when we're yeah, originally, late, it was. Late yeah. 90s, I'd say. Yeah. Early 2000s, it was moving on to something else. So, it was moving on more to the, like the... Uh, what, Original Maroon 5 type band, really. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, and that was one of the things that kind of interested me when I started playing with Neil because he knew all these songs, you know, and all the stuff. He put in the hard work because, you know, you don't have YouTube to give you a tutorial. Back then, it was just a matter of rewinding the tape and playing it back, you know, over and over and over and hope your tape doesn't wear out. And trying to tune your (laughs) guitar to, you know, something that's just a millimeter fast or, you know, just a little bit fast or a little bit slow. It
2: was always different. It was a challenge. I've always been able to pick up stuff pretty easy. I think we talked about that. I just have a real decent ear to be able to, oh, okay, I know what that is. That was a good part about playing with you is— I would show him one time, and we'd be done learning, and we could just move on to working the song. Yeah, it wasn't a it, because of the knowledge and because of his ear and because of uh, really the way we always were just in sync. It yeah. was really just easy.
1: Yeah,
2: um, it wasn't work. I still remember sitting around in the in the big room at your mom and dad's over in the corner, and your pop listening and telling us. when I mean, he would actually tell us when we were doing pretty good or when. Yeah. We, and like I said, if we sucked, that ain't going to work. You know, yeah. we, but I still remember sitting over in the corner, actually in, to, in, which was probably the most important part, into a PA. We weren't just singing out loud to ourselves. We were singing into microphones. We were running through, hearing what it sounded like. And we didn't have to do that much, but we ran through enough to where we learned four hours of music in no time. And you had a ton already, and I brought in a ton. And, and yeah. we just, I played it, he knew it, and if he played it, I knew it.
1: Taking that in retrospect, with "O to the New," we practiced the song, and I would just pray that we get all the way through it. Because if we messed up <laughs> any time before the end, we were going back to the beginning. <laughs>
2: It's like oh, that's old school practice. Old school practice. It's like his uh, uh, drum recording. All right, Lee, start from the top. Here yeah, we yes, go. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> like I messed up on that part again. Ten seconds till the end. We need to go all the way back to the beginning. Of oh man. Beginning uh, song. Oh
2: man. <laughs> Where are you gonna start? Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, beginning. Let's <laughs> Let's just run it. Yeah. That that is. Uh... I started saying like guys, I can catch all you measure two before we all come in. Hey, how about this? Two, three, four. And then we'll just go.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) From where we started. Uh, and I tried to do that. And, it, man, if we hit it right on the button, we, we we keep on going. But, man, no, we were going back to the beginning. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> well, i tell you what. That's going to make for some really good, tight songs. But yeah. if you brought I'm, them up. Look, I'm looking forward to
1: Bondo, Larry Bond's uh, comments uh, if he hears that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we have Larry Bond on, we're going to have to let him sing Mustang Sally.
2: Yeah, well, we're going to have to. <laughs> in have the studio. To. Oh, we'll record it. Yeah, yeah. In the studio. There you go, Larry Bond. It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Mustang Sally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so toy you uh,
0: you you listened to the last episode and probably heard you heard Neil talk about some things he wished he would have played a little differently with with you guys and and some of the uh, you know I can't remember if we called them regrets or just yeah. some of the growing pains or what but uh, so you guys are you guys are having a lot of fun you're playing together people are liking your music things are going pretty well like right,
1: what 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 happened. Well, I think, it, here, I'm, I'm going to speak first, and I hope I get this right. This I think what it boiled down to was, Neil was jealous of me. And here, let me explain why, okay? Let me explain why. When they called for costuming measurements for Pirates of Penzance, my only request was that they I didn't have to wear tights and wore something masculine, right? What did they do? I'm big as a house. They put me in horizontal stripes about four inches wide, mint green and pink. <laughs> and Neil wasn't he wasn't able to wear that shirt. I think it came got to it he at the top. I, I forgot I, about the men green shirt. I think, he, pink I think shirt. he wanted to wear that shirt really bad. <laughs> so so whatever jealousy you gave it was a stem break from that pink shirt. Okay, peak so what about from the waist <laughs> down? Did you did you have tights on? Uh, no, I didn't have to wear tights, so that was a plus. I don't, they, don't
2: remember what I were, but it wasn't tights. So. I remember it was because they didn't want any uh costume malfunctions. Yeah, that's so yeah like absolutely eh, they, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want any complaints. For
1: six months to a year after that operetta, every time I saw Neil, he'd say, "I'm a pirate." I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a it
2: was the shirt. It was all the shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, that's hilarious! You know, I, I do want to say that <laughs> um, there was a big gap. I think between I don't remember because I was trying to figure out the timeline. And I don't remember. Uh, if if it was after Voodoo or before well when did you move uh, back 2001
1: that would be about right
2: that sounds about right that would right. be about
1: right yeah
2: yeah because I think I started playing with uh, I ended up playing with Earl and a couple other guys and then that's yeah, yeah. that sounds more correct because I was trying to really pinpoint the timing uh, while listening to the other podcast like, that sounds oh, right because right.
1: was already here Low was there
2: here. you go yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys are both
0: out of UK, right? You you've left Lexington. You're both. I don't know back if I home. was ever in UK.
2: I don't know <laughs> if I can call myself out of UK. Let's just say out of Lexington. All right. So you're
0: you're in Louisville. <laughs> I'm in Louisville, and you're both in Louisville. Yes. And you guys are playing music together or not?
1: Did we start playing any here? So I don't think so. And here's the reason why: because that that year in between, I had a tweener year in Louisville, getting ready to go to Belmont. Nashville.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. So and I think that's when I was basically making a living playing music. Yes. On weekends before yep. I was working full time and just. I think we grinding. played some though. I think
1: we played some. I'm sure yeah.
2: we played some. Yeah. But I I remember you leaving. We were doing two man
1: acoustic gigs and and the pay was decent. The pay because was awesome. We had to split it between the rest of the band, so we just set up two guitars, two mics, and went ahead. Man, it, we we rocked some miles. People too.
2: would stay. They oh, would have man. a blast. We we kept a crowd. It was a yeah, lot of we did. fun. A lot of fun.
1: We did. We usually bought uh, We usually bought a beer for the first guy that, that yelled out, play some Skinner. <laughs> he, that person usually almost always got a beer from us. And if,
2: uh, if Lee was smart, he would have yelled it yeah. after the first song every time, but he was always with us and never figured it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I came back to Louisville and then uh, started the audition process all over again. Uh, the operetta was when I did Decided that that's not what I wanted to do for a living. If I was gonna perform why did music, you, why and, did you decide that? Uh, that that operetta. I didn't want to do that for a living. Um, you know, it was six hours a day practice. Work. It was work. It turned into a job real it's quick. Work.
0: So, did you, you think know, that maybe you still wanted to make a living in music at this point, or were you yeah, thinking
1: the? Uh, you know, I like classical music. I still like classical music, and when it's sang with. Someone who who is very classically trained and sings well—it's it, you know—you can get real deep into it. I, I I still love to hear a good voice sing good classical or operatic music.
2: Can I can I ask uh, you how? I didn't
1: fall in love with it though. You know, I I liked it. I just didn't it it didn't it didn't give me a warm fuzzy feeling every time I thought about doing it. And, I, and even in the practice rooms, I was still going back to the, to the pop stuff.
2: When um when you hear somebody that just nails it. As a classically trained performer, do you not only listen to their voice and love, fall in love with their voice, but really understand the work that they put in behind it and can appreciate that in a different aspect? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, there was times with my vocal coach, we would take two or three lines, you know, out of a out of one song, two three lines, and we don't move on until we get past those two or three lines. Sometimes it was the same line for, you know, half hour here's where you're going to take a break you need to you know here's where we're going to breathe this is and and still being able to keep musicality on it so that you could you know express what you're trying to sing so it was very it was very detailed work um most of the time for like you know over the course of a semester we might only have five or six songs that we have to learn for the whole semester but you know, there were translations that went along with it. And, yeah. You know, being able to sing in different languages, not necessarily speak them, but understand the... the uh, Inflections. The inflections. It's just and, insane. I remember yeah.
2: watching Pirates and just... And lucky for me, that one was in English, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because Pirates can't sing in different languages. <laughs> That's true. Thankfully. That's
1: true. That's true. Hopefully they have better shirts than what I had. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, so opera—it
0: it was the work involved. Was was pop music easier to you? You think that was what it was? Is no, that I just uh,
1: uh, so um, classical music has kind of remained classical music because nothing has changed about it. You know, you you learn how to sing it a one way and the way that it was intended to be written, and it's kind of preserved through classical training, right? So there was no uh, artistry other than the pure sound of your voice that you get to bring any kind of originality of that there's no um, you can't just freestyle anything there's no um, what's the word I'm looking for
2: yeah the main thing I think that's it there is no yeah, going anywhere with it yeah. here's how you're gonna this is the line this is the tone Right. this is the inflection this exactly. is how you say it this no is, improvisation improvisation no that's no the word improv- I was
1: looking for yeah and um, to the point where even there were very few times that you could have some classical improvisation, but there was a whole nother teacher that knew if it was the right time period or not, whether or not that you could put that inflection in there.
2: So Whoa. and then
1: it, it basically went to him and then he said yes or no.
2: So you know? in the at the end of the day, I mean it metaphorically did classic music or classical music become the piano where everything else was the guitar. It was like, Hey, this is a job Exactly. Yeah. So That's
1: exactly it, what happened. It wasn't so much the work involved because really pop pop artists put in as much Oh, you yeah. know work is you know a classical musician does it's just different yeah it's just different you have a little more freedom with pop music and especially when you're writing you get to you know it's everything that's
2: expressed that you, get, you express. get to
1: express every emotion that you want to express so uh, have you written any classical music I have not
2: I mean I you know not. I was kind of thinking about about that how difficult it is to sing and to get the the, the structure of these not only the 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 phrasing of the words and that, but everything that's behind it with all the different instrumentation and everything, how difficult that must've been to write and and to, to get it to where it's so perfect. It's crazy to think that somebody has the type of mind that can work in such a crazy way, interesting way and intelligent way to, to create something so grand on such a big scale, tell a story, sing a song uh, while telling that story. And, and not that, you know, I guess people still do it, but it just blows my mind. Uh, that that type of music, musical brain that writes in layers like that, just so many layers.
1: Yeah. I, I've never even attempted to. No. Um, I, I don't think my knowledge— is good enough in order to be able to write something classical. I, there's a set of rules for every time period. that, And I'm not so sure if the rules were derived from the way that they wrote during that time period or if the rules were kind of in place there when they were writing. Yeah. Um, and it all has to do with the way it sounds. Uh, certain certain things that you hear, you can tell what period it is just by what chord it goes to at the very end of the song. You know, so um, so I think you'd have to... Be consistent with those rules somehow or another in order to be able to write classically. I, I don't know.
2: It all seems a very beautiful mind to me. You know, yeah. it's like what yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. grabbing numbers and
0: well, those the classical musicians nope. we're
2: still listening to. They were
0: the geniuses, you know, of that time. It's yeah. like, you know, one hundred, two hundred years from now, we'll be listening to the genius music of today that's still around that long.
2: Two hundred years from now, there's going to be a Drake. Uh. <laughs> I think I was a genius. i will be
1: performing it in theaters.
2: And yeah, stuff. Oh, the Drake Choirs, Opera. the draper, the draper, oh. draper, <laughs> like it's hot. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> the opera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you knew that wasn't the path you wanted to go down. You were drawn to yeah, pop, yeah. I was, so, I was so, with so,
1: I, I made my decision after that. that operetta was happened right at the end of my senior year, so the timing was perfect. And I was like, you know, guys, I don't, I don't think I'm coming back. I felt like I would uh, fulfilled my scholarship o- obligations because if I don't sing those other four or five shows, they go bust on them. Yeah, you know, that's really basically what it goes you saved down them. to. Because yeah. they I, they basically double cast it so that there was a backup. So if something were to happen to me, there wouldn't have been any backup. So they would have just had to close those shows. And, That'd
2: have been rough. So yeah. at this point, you know, if
0: you go back and think about your where you were there during that time frame mentally, are you still wanting to make a life out of music?
1: Yeah, that's why I went down to, to Belmont. I auditioned for Belmont and um, there's a music school in Denver that I auditioned for and Belmont accepted me pretty pretty happily what was Um,
2: your what was your major going down to Belmont I was vocal performance same thing was Mm -hmm. it through operatic performance it was
1: uh, what they called commercial music there you go Okay. so you transitioned
2: from opera after that like you said that show
0: done so does that does that major include recording and learning all that side of it also?
1: actually you had to take rec tech classes and uh, of course there was always vocal rec tech yeah recording technology recording technology
2: which is Probably pretty outdated at this point. Do you oh yeah, think? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Let's see what they had been recording on in 2000, like uh, yeah. mini discs, the things. That yeah, like mini discs.
2: discs. Maybe I mean mm. you would have probably been able to record on some type. I could record on Cool Edit Pro. Yeah. About then, so yeah. it was. They that. might have had like Pro Tools or something, yeah. but who knows what yeah. type of file size and yeah. capabilities? Probably not much. Not much. I wouldn't think. Not much. Huh. So—
0: most recording studios wouldn't be able to afford a computer.
1: Yeah, that was the thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it? I mean, if you
1: had, you know, if you had a gigabyte, you were oh, a pretty big time back in.
2: A gig? <laughs> the early, a gig out a gig. of town, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You're the biggest show in town. Yeah. <laughs> gigabyte <laughs> Studio Recordios. That would have been your name.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I took that year off, stayed up here, and. Um, I had my, my son was born in 99, so right at the end of my senior years, he came up here and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go pursue Belmont. And it it turned into the exact same thing. You know, I was like, I've gotten into a different place and it just kind of ripped the fun away from it. You know, two hours in theory, so, so two were hours to di- and well,
0: Were they directing you back to classical music or were they, no, never, they okay
1: no they were no is exactly what I thought it was going to be there you know I, I thought I was going to perform commercial music and play guitar and that's you know that's that was what my vocal coach um, that's what she specialized in was commercial music you know there was very very little classical training they did require some of their musicians up there to do some classical training but it was just to kind of round them out it was never with the intention of like doing so you know, it sounds like
0: hoppers. then you, you were learning through all this. Uh I mean you knew you had a talent, but it sounds like then were you learning that you didn't want to do this for a profession, for a job, yes. that it was more of a hobby for you. That's
1: exactly what happened. That's okay. exactly what happened then. And, and you know when I when I finally when I came back from Belmont I was done. I was done. And and I I just I knew that's not that's what I did not want to do for a living was practice eight hours a day, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I it, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't music anymore to me. Once I think once you sap the emotion out of somebody, uh, I don't care how good you are with the no- notes or whatever instrument, if there's no emotional inflection on your music, it's worthless. Yeah,
2: and I remember uh, and personally, because we talked a lot when you were at Belmont, um, that was a pretty down, <clears throat> rough period for you. You seemed like you really did not like Nashville, did not like Belmont, did not like being away Uh, maybe from home. I don't know. But it just seemed like you were never happy there.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say. Uh, There's something else, too. Like, I didn't know what kind of musician I was, and I was still kind of trying to find it. Yeah. When it boils right down to it, I'm just a guitar playing around the bonfire guy, which I'm cool with that, Mm -hmm. you know? And even when we perform perform live, that's the kind of feel that I wanted to, to have is just we're all here to hang out and have a few drinks and,
0: You had another play a bunch. You had another big transition here. That's that's come up uh, surprisingly quite quite often in this podcast is that you became a father. Yeah. And you know I don't think you know I don't think any of us realize the impact and the change that makes on on you until it happens.
1: Yeah. So I kind of morphed my my musicianship a little bit, and I took a little time off. Didn't play the guitar a whole lot at all. Not even playing around the house and. Uh, ended up going on tour with one of the guys from church that I was kind of my, one of my mentors when I was growing up. And um, I was working as an electrician. Who was that? It was Brad, uh, not Brad, uh, David Pitt. David Pitt is his name. You're going to say Brad I was Pitt. going to say Brad Pitt. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> like yeah, dude. <laughs> I went on tour with him too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. No, it was, it was David Pitt. Um, and he. He's got a really unique story. He's got—he had some—he had a really bad—he was born with a a disease that really, like, crippled him. And—but, man, he could play and sing like nobody's business. And he was just, you know, um, uh, disabled from the— Was he wheelchair-bound? No, he wasn't. He could get around and walk. He could stand. Um, Guitar uh, player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we would—I uh, would—I uh, was working as an electrical apprentice at the time, and uh, I'd get off work and then hop on their Winnebago, and we'd travel around, you know, southern southeastern part of the United States. Okay. Do, you know, sing three or four churches a day, and I mean, I was making as much money doing that as I was uh, working. So you were doing uh, all religious music at that point? Yeah, at that point was in churches. In churches, yeah. What so, were you
2: were you playing in backup singing?
1: Uh, it was both. Um, I had, did have some lead stuff too. Did you? Yeah, uh, he kind of had already an established like kind of performance that he got. Okay. So then it was just a matter of incorporating a few songs for me and backing up, doing a lot of backup vocals,
2: playing uh, guitar, or piano, Play guitar, guitar and piano. Yeah, play some playing piano too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and then it was a kind of a weird. It was kind of a, a weird deal because there were there were um, a couple other female singers that didn't go with us all the time, but you know. But they, it, they would tour the same church, so, and we'd have different performances, so we were able to split up that time between us and get a little more for less. so Oh, shoot. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. So they did, you know, you know two or three of them would sing, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and so, they, you know, you get a good ha- hour and a half out of everybody, and you'd only really sang 30, 45 minutes. Heck yeah. So... That was a good experience. Um, it wasn't a good experience hauling equipment. I think that's the least favorite of all of our parts <laughs> is the worst Just was putting the equipment up and, and in mm-hmm. it but uh, but yeah it was it was a good experience but after that after that I was I was really done for a while really done like didn't play or sing for years.
0: okay and so then is, is that when we're getting to the place where you came back and and uh, you and Neil started playing? It's probably after.
1: Yes, yeah, it after
2: it's after that. Yeah, because yeah, well, that was probably.
1: So we either. played. We played in that tweener time when I was at, back from UK, but I hadn't gone to Belmont yet. Yeah, was that what would have been? like? It was
2: that? either then or. or uh, and we played again
1: after I came after back. After from you Belmont. came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: After you came back, and I think that's probably when, uh, as I was talking on the last podcast, where I think our relationship changed. There was a. I don't know if it was I. I remember a conversation. Uh, that we had about playing. And and granted now, listening to you talk about some of your, you know, experiences with school and being done, and I don't know, it may make more sense because you probably like, well, if you want to do that, that's fine, but I don't want to do anything. I remember that
1: conversation. I did. Uh, At the time, we definitely had two different things. I was just looking for like a little side gig here to play, have fun. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were looking to make a career out of it. I was wanting to I knew, I knew He was hungry, go. though. You know, he was, it was like
2: you know what could the tell word?
1: that that fire was in him and I that I didn't have anymore.
2: <laughs> well, and, and I thought about the word. I thought about the word, and I don't think it's fire. I think it's desperation. It was the first time in my life that I'd really felt responsibility because I was just a brand-new father. Oh, Jalen yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, or if not, real close to it because oh. um, I'm at home— probably Baby on the Way, because she's born in 2001.
1: That sounds about right, yeah.
2: Um, so I'm desperate. I don't want to work for a living. I love music, and I've always wanted to do it, but um, I went from being in Voodoo, who's this big deal. I mean, in Lexington, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah, deal, definitely. Um, to nothing, to making money playing as, as a living, trying to just do a little bit of this and that. And I had recorded that breakup record like I was talking about on the first podcast, and I'd sent it to a ton of people. It was the only time in my life I really dedicated to sending something out to a bunch of people, and I'd gotten responses back, um, which I didn't think I would even get that. So I was hungry, but I was really more desperate.
1: I. Uh, I yeah, and you didn't have any time to play around, especially with a, a new one on the way. and Yeah, I got that. I get that.
2: And I think that... That was probably. I still really just have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I still really just have fun. Yeah, and I think that that's probably part, part of the reason that I was so. Uh, why it's left such a big scar for me, I think, a, a big dent in my life is not having you at, at my side. We were tight. Yeah, And I think that conversation completely changed the dynamic of our relationship. And, and if it didn't purposely, it certainly, I think, did unintentionally.
1: Yeah, but I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, look, here's the way I'm going with this, and I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because that's one thing that made O2, O2G so fun was because none of us had any inkling of being able to, to want to go to make that a career for us. We all had real jobs. Yeah, we all had real jobs at the time. Yeah. So... um and and I don't think it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I just think that was your direction, and and it wasn't consistent with mine.
2: Well, and I think so. part of that is I was so such a kid. Yes, we didn't. We were both
1: were. I didn't really grow up to like a year or two. Ago,
2: I'm, so. I'm I'm about I'm almost there, <laughs> but I didn't even know about how 40. to. I didn't know how to
0: have that conversation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, I've I'm, I met both of you guys long after after this, um, and it doesn't sound like I mean this has probably never
2: been communicated. Until now, I've we've definitely it's been brought up. I've apologized. You know, there's been times where I've been like, "Man, I am sorry," because I really have felt I've felt it. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm 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 speaking more of at that
0: time having a conversation about, "Hey, I'm I'm uh," from Neil. I'm wanting to make a living in music and toys," saying, "Hey." I've been there. I had an opportunity to make a living, and I didn't want to put that time no. into and what it takes.
2: Was there any? Did, De- definitely Did you guys bad. know where you were at that time? You no, know, but, you know, I didn't have perspective until recently on anything in my life. You I know, think,
1: you- Well, see, I think we did understand it. I think we both were just hoping the other one would sway towards the other <laughs> side, really. <laughs> like, okay, maybe Tor will get more serious about this, and, and we'll go, or maybe uh, Neil's going to give him. You know, come on over here and just have fun. Yeah. So um, let
0: me ask you, to do this. Let I me mean, go back to that time and 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 try to put yourself in
2: how you felt. What 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 were the feelings like at this time? How are you feeling about all this? I never felt anything. I, I after the conversation, I just felt that I, it didn't that it was weird. Like I, it felt like, man, I don't think that it was a matter of. So what was the conversation you said after the conversation? It was basically a conversation I I I think that I was starting to play with Earl and mm-hmm. John yep. and I and it well, that
1: you were and then we were like doing little side stuff We like were playing that. a little bit. We were playing bit. a little bit, yeah.
2: And I think that my thing was I think I'd even mentioned hey you can come play but I'm I'm the going to be the singer because it was everything that we were doing at that point was all original stuff that I'd written. So it was kind of like, "Hey, we're going to do this," but I'm, but we'd never done that. The ego check that I talked about last week—that was the one because it was like, "What? What are you doing?" Instead of having the conversation about, "Hey, I'm really going to try to do this thing. I would love for you to play and help me do it," because um, he he may have said, "Dude, I don't want to. I don't have any interest in wanting to practice." Because we were practicing. Me yeah, and Earl I and did. John were practicing <laughs> and, and working. And um, so,
0: you guys are playing together as a duo, slopping back and forth. Each have your songs, you lead and then support, that, support the other
2: on the others. And which and we then, always loved. It was always my favorite thing to do. So it was okay. never there was never uh, any tension or any anything there. That oh, was always the thing. Okay. We loved. So then
0: that. So then Elmo is it Elmo? Elmo and John. John, who's a Oh, Earl.
2: Elmer, pretty close. <laughs> Earl and John. So then, so
0: then, Earl and John come in, and you're playing with them. Mm-hmm.
2: And that broke up this duo. It didn't break it up because it wasn't like we were like a. He we were playing probably pretty sparingly at that point. He was a dad. I would probably had a kid on the way or a dad. I don't think yeah. we were doing a lot of playing. No,
1: um, we, we weren't. We we kind of slowed down by that point, and I think you were wanting to like have more.
2: Yeah, I think I, think I had of, gigs like crazy because, yeah. like I said, I was doing everything I could to not have to live a responsible life. Right. I was trying to have a good time <laughs> and write some music. I mean, because you know, I think the thing about it, like when I wrote that the record after coming back and, and getting a little mm-hmm. bit of, hey, that's pretty decent. You got some, some potential. Keep writing, blah blah blah. That that's all. I really, I, folk, I honed in on wanting to be a writer, wanting to write, wanting to. Uh, create, but I do have to. After listening a little bit of episode three, uh, say that I think I I wasn't being honest with myself in saying that I, I, I of course I like to see to to be the one on the stage and do that. And I think that's where a lot of the animosity came out with us. But just uh, me not being able to enjoy other people play and other going to watch other bands because I would always want to be that person. Instead of be the person watching that person, um, so
1: that's interesting. That's pretty much the same reason why I don't go watch bands.
2: That's why because I, I don't feel like it's like it's nothing that I you can't do. I can't do or the
1: groups that we sing with can't do either. So and and, and not really not really impressed. That's that's
2: well and that's the problem <laughs> and that's been a problem for me and that's that's why I've I've finally been able to step away from that and just. Get joy out of seeing other people's joy, and and and, go, and I know exactly what you're saying because that's the, you probably touched it with what you said more than I've been able to vocalize, but that's how I feel.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't mind watching friends go play. They, yes, I like, think that's totally different for totally me different. Than, than it is to go see a band. You go see a band, they better knock you off their you, yes. out of your socks, you know, because that's what they're getting paid to do. Is just give you an experience. And these days, you're
2: getting paid a lot to do. Yeah, a lot. A so, lot.
1: But you know, going and watching your friends perform—that's something different because you know what they're going through up there is somebody yeah. that's not established or you know has a you know large contract or anything. So I don't know. It's it's easier to be sympathetic to yeah. uh, friends or people that you know, or even small mm. groups, small bands, you know, yeah, local bands stuff. So.
0: So you guys were different places. Toy's decided you know music's a hobby of his that he absolutely loves, but it's not something he wants to do for a living. Neil, you're still wanting to make a living out of this so toy when you when you go back, if you try to put yourself back at that time what what are you thinking through this what do, what do you feel like during this time, as far as you and Neil go?
1: well, I thought it was and this might have been me taking uh our music relationship for granted. Never took our friendship for granted. I always loved Neil. Yeah. But uh, I think I was kind of brokenhearted that I wasn't a part of his vision. It, but it wasn't that I wasn't a part of his vision. I it wasn't part of his vision the way that I wanted to be a part of his vision. Does that make sense? He wasn't making your desires his vision. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so, which was a little selfish, of course, you know, you're in your early 20s. For, for and kids. And, uh,
2: you know, and we spent how long playing together? Every
1: every singer wants to have that, you know, Freddie Mercury moment in front, of, you know, a million people. Yes, and, uh, and I don't I feel like I don't care what level you play at. Everybody wants that. Just, Everybody's. Well, well, yeah. So
0: what's that? It, I'm probably going to totally butcher this, but what's that saying? Like, youth is wasted on the young. Is that right? <laughs>
2: that's it. I think it so, is. That's you it. You know, that's what
0: this makes you think. Of, yeah, like, that's
2: true. It's just if you
0: could go back and and have the life experiences and the wisdom you have now. And you guys could have talked through this. There's, I mean, how, there's no, no telling, you know, how it could have worked out.
1: Well, see, and, I, don't, I don't think it was ever, like, something we have ever had to talk out. It was just something that, like, our ships were going in different directions. And I think it just kind of hurt that it was going that way. But I don't think, like, we could have been able to say anything that we wanted to either correctly. To it's change still, anything? I don't think it okay. would have changed anything, you know, because his dream at that time was still his dream. And my dream wasn't that anymore. So, you know, I think, I think it's just like uh, just being upset that it didn't have more in common with the things that you wanted to do.
2: I think that's what I felt. I've never known. I've always wondered what was it that really changed that dynamic. I know it was the conversation, but what was it on your thought process that kind of—and I understand I, it. I'll
1: tell you what it was on my thought process. I was going to have to sacrifice time with my son. That's what it was because yeah. I got him every other week. I was a single dad at that time. Yes, the every weekend thing was out for me. Uh, it was part of the reason why I stopped touring with the with the Christian music is because they were going three weeks at a time, and if they hit the wrong time, I wouldn't see them for like a month. So I was like, you know, that's not worth. it's not a sacrifice. Never worth it.
2: N- well, now knowing
1: it's not. It just wasn't a sacrifice. What you know, it may be worth it. You know, if you get big and you're able to provide in a certain kind of way. Yeah, but. That's true. Uh, It wasn't what I was willing to sacrifice at that time. Yeah. You know, so I think moving forward to it, that's really what kind of really kind of separated when we kind of really just didn't play anymore for a while. Yeah. Basically, our ships were just going different directions. When's
0: the last time you guys have played together? Thanksgiving.
1: Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and maybe the Thanksgiving before that. But in all fairness, I don't think I played with you except for those last two times, too. So maybe one or two times. So, yeah, it's a... You know, Thanksgiving Eve
0: has come up a few times in this podcast. As it
1: has. Yeah. <laughs> it is becoming a famous night. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, uh, he invited me up for Thanksgiving Eve, and I was like— I almost said I was coming up her anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you better be there. I, I was going to come up anyway. I'm glad you
1: know that I'm invited.
2: <laughs> I think that I was that we were so present in each other's lives. I, I don't know if maybe it was because of that conversation and, and, like you said, man, I didn't even know you were touring around with the uh, people on the weekend. I knew about the apprenticeship because we talked all the time, yeah. I, but. I was probably immersed in my own thing and and I had gosh if this is 2001 I had a kid. Yeah. So thinking back you get so stuck in your own shit sometimes more or less. That, that you can't think outside of that, especially when you're young. You especially know, you, at that age, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, kid, I, I mean, I'm watching these my kids, and you've got a kid that's that age, and you've got a kid, kids that are not much uh, I don't older. have kids anymore. I have adults. And they're adults, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're still figuring life out. You know, I mean, it's until you're you're always figuring life out, I think.
1: Yeah. So.
0: so, Toy, sitting there in that seat and where you are today, you know, you have a profession as a... <clears throat> A high school teacher teaching heavy, heavy equipment, what
1: do you like to get from music today? Fun. I mean, really, I don't want to sacrifice anything else other than to just some time to be able to have fun with people I love Do you still with.
0: have a desire to play live music?
1: Uh, yeah, every once in a while. And, and I tell you what, I used to be able to kind of nip that in the bud by just going out and karaokeing. You know, and that, I know it sounds cheesy, but oh, I like karaoke. <laughs> and then we kind of get How the dare you, the, man. They're, you they're, need to go win a contest be, with your voice. We verse. should all go there's karaoke. All we should all get together, and go karaoke
2: in one day. I'm not going to no Odalis. Did you guys? I'm <laughs> no. not going to no Odalis.
0: Did you guys know that karaoke is a Samoan word for to sing joyfully?
1: <laughs> is that true? <laughs> no. no, there's not even an R in their alphabet. <laughs> Karaoke, <laughs> uh, Do I still have a? Uh, yeah, I like performing live. Have no desire to practice. None. Um, but I, I tell you what, though, uh, sitting here today, so I can't go, can't come up today without skipping O2G. So, um, and it, I want to make sure that the the story was told by Pappy last week. I want to make sure it was correct because here's how it happened. So they suckered me in, right? I I could tell that. Yeah, they suckered <laughs> all day. Yeah, Ron kind of led on to that in, in the podcast. I, I spoke to that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So, so Brad tells me, he said, uh, hey, um, you want to come up and jam? It was a, it was like a Friday. I was fixing to get off work. I was like, man, that sounds cool. Yeah, let's go up there and jam. Up there, right? Just on the hill. I want to show jam. you my
0: new stage in my basement. Uh, he didn't have it built yet. Oh, I didn't? Okay. No. Just had a big basement? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I get up there and we sing a few songs, right? So, had a good time, we jammed. Everything was awesome. Now, who was there that night? Uh
0: Was David there? No. No drummer.
1: Well, no, it was it was just well, you were drumming. Okay. You, I, you were on okay. the drums. Oh, you were on old the drums. drummer. Brad Weston drummer Weston was on the drums. Oh, okay. Uh and then uh and then uh Uncle Butch and Andy. Okay. I mean Uncle Butch and uh, Ron. Okay. So so we went through a bunch of songs. Like, yeah, those are kinda cool. So next Friday rolls around, I get another invite. Hey, you wanna come back up here and jam again? It's like, Yeah, it sounds cool. <laughs> so over the course of that next two, three hours that we jammed, we played the exact same songs that we did the week before. The exact same ones. Like, what did we play last week? Oh, let's play it again. So we played every one of those songs back to back to back. So at the very end I said, I said Guys, I said this jam it's like we did all the same songs from last week. Feels a little bit more like a practice. <laughs> and Brad just started laughing <laughs> right in my face. i like, "Oh, they got me! <laughs>
2: they got me!" And that was it. That was it. And then you what, had too much uh, fun to, to quit. Yeah, it was too much fun. Yeah, I too much, right. so. I'm not going to make all these uh, jam sessions, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm in. What was our
1: first? What was our first gig? O two G. Uh, I think it was the Fair Fair, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. what
2: was the uh, first song that y'all played in the basement pre-stage? Do you remember?
1: Oh gosh, mm. I have no idea. I remember it was really loud back there because it was concrete floors. Oh. Open jaws. No,
0: hold it on. Is. It had nothing to do with concrete floors. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why it was so loud. Drummer? No. Toy we movie. had toy, and we had my uncle Butch. <laughs> Competing. and so they start out with decent levels on their amplifiers and then my uncle will turn up a little bit and then he's too loud for toys so <laughs> toy will turn up a little bit and then my uncle will turn up and before you know it man you can't hear anything but
1: guitars maybe <laughs> for like two or three hours my ears will be ringing coming out of there <laughs> Yeah. God. Concrete. And Fender's and on 10. That's absolutely true. <laughs> ahead, that little guitar diva battle.
2: Loudest <laughs> well, damn wins.
1: So now, well, here's what would happen. So you turn up a little bit for your solo and you just don't turn down. That's it. That's the new standard. So I was like, oh, you're not going to turn down, huh? So I'll turn my stuff <laughs> up there. <laughs> Yeah. And then it got to where we did sound checks. We turned it down as low as, low as we could go. We just turned it down low. He's like oh, yeah, turn so, me up a little bit. So just,
0: my Uncle Butch. We always laugh at him because you know we'd do microphone checks, and he always he'd be way back and go check, check, <laughs> check, check, check. Because he wanted to have plenty. Of it.
1: He, he wanted to be hot. It was his mic was hot. hot. Hey. Sometimes I wait till him to get through, and then I'll ch- I'll take his mic.
0: <laughs> you know you can't can blame a, him. He's got some pipes. Yeah, he's got uh, some pipes. Funny. Yeah. 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 All right. What so. about you, Neil? So what's your, what what do you want to do with music now?
2: I don't even know if we've asked that question. We've been on yeah. here several times. I, man, more than anything, right now, I just want to create. Uh, I don't. I love playing out. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all about the live performance. I love the live performance. I love the improvisation of the live performance um not being structured you know kind of ex- the opposite of everything that you went to school for like yeah. you said getting away well from that just you, be-
1: you know what's funny is the reason that you say that because like part of the reason why i enjoy coming up here and recording is because brad and you have more experience doing everything else that i don't so I'm like yeah. the the musical guy with the port chord progression guy, and you know, kind of voice coach of the group. And I'm the imposter, definite, yeah,
2: definite voice coach and He's the music guy. guy. <laughs>
1: He's the ricktape guy. Rec-tech. And, and and I don't like I don't write. You know, that's just. Yeah, I, I think you have to be kind of somewhat blessed with that, and that's just. I don't. I'm not blessed with it, and I don't. Even try to do it because it's not. I'm not really interested in writing.
2: Well, and I think part of the like when we were talking about being a kid and not being able to s- vocalize what what you mean, that was the yeah. way that I could do that and and get out. Yeah. it I didn't know what I was saying. Well, all
1: the originals that we sang out were all yours. Yeah. I didn't have any because I yeah. never wrote.
2: Well, you had one. Did we have one? You had one. I had from one. a long, long time ago. You wrote oh. that. Was I it, remember.
1: Was it a? Um, it was a
2: slow, really a pretty slow song. Jam.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all what my it songs called? end
2: up like that. <laughs> hey, it was a hit, though. It was you a great it? song. I yeah, might, he has it. I might.
1: I'm sure I
2: do. <laughs> we could buy, if you start the words, I could
0: probably sing it for you. You know, when I think about music now, I, I'm kind of drawn to this recording thing. It's, uh, that's something I want to do. You know, we uh, we need to start, you know, we'll start getting in some of these episodes, maybe actually doing some recording or and sharing some recording and sharing progressions of recording as we go. And I think we need to do that with a different life from me. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't even talked about... You've you've got so many songs. We we haven't talked about Johnstone Band at all.
2: No, nah, we'll get there.
1: Yeah, haven't talked about that at all. Yeah, we well, I got I to tell you, I like I like the recording. Um, never been this deep into it before. Um, and uh, it's kind of right down my alley of just kind of having fun and being able to play things on a whim. Yeah. And I'm going to bring this up since you did earlier on one of the podcasts. So... <clears throat> It was one of the songs that he wrote, and he asked me to come up with a little guitar lick. And I was like, "Okay." Oh so, yeah. So I get up here, and uh, he's like, "He's like, okay, I'm gonna play this lick that I've been working on for the last couple Killing two three it. weeks, really hard, you know, <laughs> really hard. We're practicing really, really hard." So I get through playing, and he goes, "I don't think fits in there. I think we're gonna do something different."
2: <laughs> oh, sounds like I was like,
1: you know what, his song. But that then I was it. like, I was like, in my mind, though, I was going. That'll teach me to practice from here on <laughs> out. So I'm like, I ain't practicing
0: no more. If I are you. <laughs> that doesn't sound like how I said that. I'm no, wrong, no, it wasn't. It was, it was a little
2: <laughs> bit of an exaggeration. A little bit of an exaggeration. I'd have probably uh, said, <laughs> that's cool, but we're going to record this one first. <laughs> hey, it was when good. we are going to save it.
1: It was good. He but. was right. I, I got to tell you, he was right, the, what we ended up coming up with. But it, you know what it was, though? It was off the cuff, and it was something that, like, when you knew it was there, it was there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel manufactured. It just felt real natural. And well, you wasn't... know that's
0: so. So the second song, "A Different Life for Me," Neil he had been hearing about the recording studio, and he he called me. He's like, "Man, when you know when are you going to invite me to a recording studio? I live right down the street. I'm available every night. My kids in college. I got all this time. You know, when do I get to come to a recording studio?" So we had him down, and he brought his guitar. He, he just you just got that guitar that day. First ones to see it right here. Yeah, yes, he, sir, right. yeah you just got that guitar that day, hurt and, and brought it down and we just recorded some tracks. He first time he'd heard the song, he just listened to it a few times and just started playing with it. And man, there's some things that just Fit in great. He wants to redo it all, and I'm like, I, I don't know. There's something, something with me. I like to keep things. I don't know. It's like, he, like Neil was talking about changing. There she goes, and to me, like there she goes. That's what it is. That's the first song, you know. Let's leave it like that. That's it, you know. That's 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 how I wanted it to be. Well, and I heard when I heard you play Neil uh, that night, and I went back and listened to that. I, man, I, I made a few little changes and 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 you know, doctored it up a little bit, but. It fits right in there just because, just like you were just saying, he just was playing with what, what he felt because yeah. he had never heard the song before. Yeah. Well, and that's,
1: uh, that's when the magic happens, too, man. Yeah. And you can't duplicate it sometimes. Sometimes no. you just can't duplicate it. And I, that's one of the things that draws me to recording is he, because that I think even Eddie Van Halen said that sometimes was as good a guitar player as he was. You know, he plays some stuff, and no matter how bad, if he didn't record it, there's no way he could go back and duplicate it. No. So, yeah. And I think uh, – I think that's when the real magic happens. Well, and, and, and that's now, fun.
2: That's fun. Well, now, like you're talking about your Belmont experience and how, how hard it was to make changes, I'm sure, back then compared to now where you can literally, hey, let's listen to that take. Hey, let's redo it. And you click a button and redo it right there. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to do that. But it uh, is also nice to be able to play that one time, like you were talking about getting that feel and play it, and then go, that might be it, but let's do it one more time. And then you do it, and then you listen. And you're like first take. Yep. Do that, and that was it, man. It just feels well, different. Or you can even just... comp,
0: you know, comp between tracks. You know, yes. it's it's uh, you can take a little bit of this track and put it on yeah. top of that track. You know, and it's so easy now. And uh, but you know, we 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 experimented with that a lot. But what what I tend to find out is you end up going with almost one track. You know, you yeah. always keep going back to the same track. It's like mm-hmm. uh, that one just had it. Yeah. You know, it's uh and and that's the one you go with. And, yeah.
2: Well, and, and like you talked about being a linear thinker and having when you have a vision, you know what you have that vision, you really think in that path and and in that way it's it's a good it's good to have that direction but then also have like like you said you did the second take on a just kind of on feel and, and with no expectation being able to go. That's it. That's mm-hmm. good. Let's let's make let's that keep the one. That, yeah. You know, so it's there's a little, even though you're linear, there's still room for interpretation. Okay. And that's, well, that's the cool part also about the recording process. I mean, in the past three days, I've recorded a couple songs, one with Lee uh, Donahue. Um, just, he came over hanging out. And it was weird because we played, we set up a one mic, played the song, me and him sang it. And then he's like, okay, I want you to play a guitar over that. So I was like, all right. So grab the headset, pull the mic up, track the guitar. And uh, he's like, all right, let's lay one more little line over that. So all right, lay another line over top of that. Took out the original recording. He sang the vocals. Then we started what you talked about. When Brad was talking about recording, he talked about panning and how to fill the sound up. automatically started doing that we sent you a small track Mm -hmm. and it was just crazy how simple that process is and then a couple days later it's a completely different setup we start with the click track we go it's a little Mm -hmm. bit more professional with spencer and me working on a different song and uh, there's just so many options and so many ways to create and be creative in the process of recording too it's insane all right so toy you're building a house right now
0: (laughs) we record on Mondays. We are we're over our time limit tonight, so uh, you think you can make it back on Monday?
1: I think so. I think I can. All,
0: All right. right, so I'm going to count to three, and uh, on three, you guys say in the microphone what song you want to do together in the studio on Monday night.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, oh wait. Let me think about it. Let me think about
2: it. Let me look at you. One. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Two. All right, I got one. He ain't gonna say it. Three. More than Stand words. Stand by me. Ooh, I like yours.
1: It's not the one I think that you think of though. It's a uh, it's a Rascal Flatts tune. I think it's Stand by You. That's the that's what the chorus line is.
2: I had to look it up.
0: Yeah. Hold on, but you know we we Which can't. Did you say more than words. We can't do any mm-hmm. covers on our
2: podcast or it get pulled. Oh yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: I want to do your original. You
0: have to remember. Oh, man. Hey, that would be cool. Can you can that, you have got one week and
2: you got everything you can, in boxes
1: and you're building a house. No, no, he knows this song. He's got this one in his head somewhere. I think we could do that. We could do that song. Plus it'd be
2: that. the first time it's really been recorded, probably. E... Hmm.
1: Nope. Second time.
2: That means there's a recording.
1: Second time. Got, got, that that out of of got that one out of you. Got that one out of you, man. Wow, I forgot about this. So I went down to a, a, a singing competition. It was a talent competition in Orlando.
2: And when was this?
1: Um, gosh, Lowe was probably five or six years old. Is
2: this when you got the record or the the representation? I,
1: yes, I did. I got an offer from I them. and that. They wanted a demo, and that was one of the songs that was cut on it. So, so there is. Yeah, there is. A bit, there is a recording of it. Probably a decent do they
0: own it? No,
1: no. Matter of fact, I cop- I'm pretty sure I copyrighted the song before I ever cut the demo. Yes, you
0: copyrighted the song. <laughs> yes,
1: he did. He copied once. Yeah, uh, once, <laughs> I, uh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Remember
1: actually, that. actually, I really did. I, uh, I, I did. Learn, got
2: mailed to myself. I so. did have a. Uh, was informed by an attorney. Oh man, I might have to break the seal on that. On that no, envelope. Good no go. Good news. Once you record something, it's, copy- it's automatically written. okay. You're good. So it's already copyrighted. Cool. So if you can break that seal, if you find it, if not, we just need to remember that song. We just had to might have to do that. Let the magic happen. Name that mean. tune. Let's let's just let
1: the magic happen. All
0: right, again. I know it's in G. Okay, so are we just going? Are we just <laughs> going to just come in here and and record it raw right in here in the studio? Well, raw dog it from the first time ever.
1: I don't I mean, care. Why not? I don't care. I mean, why not? Here's the thing. we got a board right than, there. You know what? It's better than practicing it for two or three weeks and then your buddy say, we're going to have to change it. Anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's just come here and do it wrong. You got it. Yeah. That's the best way it's going to be. that way if it's terrible you could say, well, <laughs> we expect well, to, to practice. <laughs>
2: All
0: right, man. Well, I'm glad you joined us today. All right, man. Thanks for having me. We'll do the same time uh, next week. Next week. Yep. All right, part two. Yep. All right. Part two. See you, Neil. See you guys.
1: See you guys.